If you've read any reviews of the 2023 Frasier reboot, you probably noticed there's been some disagreement. Oh, I love making people laugh. To me, humor is like medicine. Guess we're in the placebo group. Is the revival of the 1993 to 2004 show a pointless, excruciating, unfunny dud and an enormous embarrassment for star Kelsey Grammer? Or as perfect as ever, more charming than expected, or at least okay? Today, we're taking a look at the new Frasier reboot so far, why it's caused such a split in opinions, and unpacking if it really has a chance of holding a candle to the original. Here's our take. Overall, critics rate the new Frasier reboot merely 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, while it currently enjoys an 85% audience score. Among critics, opinions are coming out strong pro and con, while numerous Frasier fans online are voicing that, even if they might not think it's amazing. At the end of the day, it's just good fun to see the character again. The answer to all this disconnect boils down to what you're comparing this new Frasier to. Are you measuring it against the original classic that won 37 primetime Emmys, including outstanding comedy series five years in a row? Or against all the other slightly meh but comforting revivals of our era? The original Frasier, itself a spinoff of classic sitcom Cheers, became one of the best shows on television ever thanks to its top-notch witty writing, its tightly-knit farce, and amazing character performances by its supporting cast. John Mahoney as Martin, Jane Leaves as Daphne, Harry Gilpin as Roz, and especially David Hyde Pierce as Niles. Smells like a fish died and all the other fish sent flowers. <laughs> Even though the show was called Frasier, it was never just about him. In fact, the other characters were frequently more beloved by fans. When Frasier was at his most unlikable, morally righteous, vain, and pompous, it was our love for those around him and their hilarious way of calling him out that made the whole work. So you're suggesting that I go along and pretend I'm enjoying myself to something that gives me absolutely no pleasure at all just to hear the words, I love you? Why not? Women have been doing it for centuries. <laughs> This was also part of what made the show interesting. It showed that, contrary to common wisdom about main characters needing to be likable, you could build a funny and beloved sitcom around a character most couldn't relate to, and often might find profoundly unlikable. Well, Niles, tell you what, seeing as how Cupid has so amply stuck to my quiver this evening, I will try a shot on your behalf. <laughs> God, you're unbearable. <laughs> And this led to an experience where we got to watch Frasier push beyond his worst qualities and overwhelming ego. The show never let him off the hook, but while accepting these failings, it ultimately modeled and applauded his attempt to be better and to help others. The show was also deeply interested in family, both blood and chosen, and how our bonds to loved ones tie us to a core self. Niles, I would shave my head for you. A gesture which becomes less significant with each passing year. <laughs> In Frasier's case, the no-frills common man persona of his father doesn't match up with his elite image of himself, yet he's improved thanks to his relationship with his dad, as well as his platonic relationships with Daphne and Roz, two women with very different backgrounds and personalities to him. It's a vision of how difference challenges us for the better. It may be an unwise man who doesn't learn from his own mistakes, but it's an absolute idiot that doesn't learn from other people's. This posed a problem for the reboot when it became evident that no one but Frasier himself was Returning. The new show, in broad strokes, seems to understand that all this was what made the original great. It tries to recreate the formula, but often what results is a pale shadow. 
Most glaring, of course, is the lack of everyone but Frasier, though Roz and BB are planned as guest appearances. We have to give Grammar credit that he snaps right back into the role and instantly feels like he's resurrected the old character we've missed. His performance alone provides a certain feeling of continuity between the two shows. But this was never just the Frasier Crane show, so making this one much more of a one-man show lessens it. The show attempts to replace the original supports with new characters who echo the ones we miss. A nephew who's half Niles, half Daphne, as he's their son. You know, you remind me of your mother. <laughs> you can't tell me it's not Sahara dry in here. You remind me of your father. A professor with a bit of Niles' sarcastic erudite wit, a professional colleague with a bit of Roz's ambition and interest in men, and a sibling rivalry recalling Frasier's and Niles, a roommate with some of Daphne's down-to-earth charm, and a son with Martin's disdain for pretension and desire to work in a field that genuinely helps society in a concrete way. Sure, let's find someone who has low self-esteem and is also on fire and see which one of us they run to first. <laughs> As the show gets rolling, these characters do start to find their funny moments. So dance, Bear, dance! <laughs> but much of the material falls into the trap of tribute band imitation territory. It feels like it's rehashing what we loved in a less funny, less incisive, and obviously not as original way. And it doesn't have much purpose, besides to create more money from old IP. You're rich, you're famous, your students love you. For some reason, you smell naturally of sandalwood. In its first few moments, the reboot basically undoes the ending of the original series. In the finale, Fraser flew to Chicago to pursue love with Charlotte, putting romance above his career. But now, we're told that long-term off-screen relationship just ended, and Fraser actually found a new career heights of fame and wealth in Chicago. So whatever point was being made about taking a risk to be vulnerable for love and the sacrifice of stepping back from personal career ambitions has now been lost. Lost. Moreover, whereas the original show highlighted Frasier's and Niles' spending, it also sometimes pointed out it could be extravagant beyond their means. My salary isn't even covering my legal bills. Well, what do your lawyers tell you? Well, mostly. My salary isn't even covering my legal bills. <laughs> now, we're told Frasier is just magically wealthy to a degree where he has nothing to worry about. Not the greatest choice for adding stakes. Renting? Oh, no. I bought the whole building. What? How? With money, Frederick. Lots and lots of money. Why does he need to know your net worth? A man's true value has always been... Oh my god, uncle, you're like a Rockefeller. We also see this issue in the plot point that Frasier keeps harping on Freddy for not making more money. If you're short of cash, I could just give you some money. Here we go. And also, what did you expect? Dropping out of Harvard. This is why I didn't tell you. This hardly sounds like the idealistic Frasier who, while he always had the most expensive and elite tastes, never directly equated worth with how much cash a person had, and would likely react in a far more nuanced way, perhaps applauding his son's principles while struggling to admit that he imagined a more high-status career for his son. We have plenty of chances to miss the original show's impeccable cast. Most of their replacements just aren't as funny. David's attempts at physical comedy make us pine for David Hyde Pierce's masterful skills and pitch-perfect delivery. Come on, let's go. Last thing I need is to have someone see us loitering outside here like gutter riffraff, pathetically scrounging for last-minute tickets. Freddy, who's been recast, also doesn't feel connected to the person we met as a kid and young adult on the original series. So instead of evolving out of what we already saw, he feels artificially rewritten to fit the role of next-generation Martin. 
There are jokes that play out on the old running gags, but they too feel like pale shadows, or don't feel quite consistent with nuanced character development. For example, when Frasier yells at Freddy, Don't sit there! Those are Christian LaCroix pillows. So we can't sit on the couch. Not in jeans. It's confusing because Frasier himself is only seen in jeans and sneakers in this reboot, including in that scene. His casual attire baffled so many fans, it even required the show's team to clarify that these are apparently very expensive jeans and sneakers. And to be fair, Frasier did wear some very 90s jeans occasionally in the original show as well. Overall, the writing so far is simply not on the level of the original's exquisite wit, ingenious comedic episode structure, or ability to deliver powerful psychological or social insight. The show is from new creators who loved the original, and it feels like it's coming from fans rather than the same voice. The team behind this clearly appreciates what was so good about the show, but that's not the same as knowing how to make that magic. I'm sorry, Niles, I was afraid you were trying to get a picture of my butt. How exciting to be present at the birth of a new phobia. To be fair, many shows can need time to warm up, and at times the reboot captures a charm that, though not equaling the original, reminds us of it. The new Frasier centers itself on what the original show began with, an estranged father and son with different value systems struggling to reconnect. We have different values. Why? That much is certain. In the original pilot, The Good Son, Frazier was the fancy pants judging his retired cop father, Martin, for his commoner tastes. Whereas in The Good Father pilot here, Frazier clashes with his son, Freddy, who dropped out of Harvard and eschewed a higher paying career to become a firefighter. There's a cyclicality to Frazier becoming his own father. He just wants a father who accepts him. And the original show, due to its psychoanalysis focus, was always interested in these primal questions of family units and psyches that affect us all. You've got to come with us. Frazier, you're my brother. That entitles you to my bone marrow and one of my kidneys. But this is an imposition. The new pilot ends with Frazier forcing Freddy to move in with him, echoing Frazier reluctantly housing his aging dad after Martin's injury. The difficult yet rewarding challenge of reconciling their worldviews was symbolized by Martin's tattered and worn yet comfortable and beloved old chair, viewed by Frazier as an eyesore spoiling his perfectly curated Seattle apartment. Look, Dad, as dear as I'm sure that this piece is to you, I, I just don't think it goes with anything here. I know, it's eclectic. So, of course, the second episode of the reboot has to see Frasier and Freddy navigating their reunion through the question of where Freddy's objects can fit into Frasier's chosen decor. With Frasier now filling his father's role of the aging mentor, what wisdom does he have to pass on to the next generation? Some people will not be helped. I could put the two of you on a boat with life preservers on top of a sand dune, you'd still find a way to drown. But beyond just inverting Frasier's and Martin's conflict for the next generation, is there anything new to add to this story? After all, the genie the genius of Frasier came from departing from what we might have expected after watching Cheers. While both shows center on the comedic clash of class sensibilities between people who love each other, the spinoff offered a very different world around Frasier's character, and also gave new insight into Frasier himself that changed how we viewed him. The 2023 Frasier heads back to his Boston roots, though without any major Cheers characters either, and is mostly about trying to revive everything it can. As it gets moving, at times it does channel the comforting fun of the original show's basic formula, enough to activate our nostalgia for the show's witty banter. 
It gets in some classic jokes at Frasier's own expense, like him believing he's a wizard with the ladies when he's completely misread the situation. And another young woman falls under your spell. <laughs> I'm a babe magnet, I'm catnip. But is it truly going to get by on just referencing the past? Or is there any timely commentary here that can update the original's meditations on the importance of family and pushing through our differences, its wit about everyday class conflicts, and its understanding that intelligence consists of far more than aristocratic tastes? That's the uh, space needle there. Oh, thanks for pointing that out. Being born and raised here, I never would have known. Can't believe I'm confessing this, but I hit my son over the head with my Art Nouveau vase. <laughs> Suffocated him with my Christian Lacroix pillows. So far, in addition to its blander, more mediocre surface, it's hard to glimpse much depth in the reboot, much less the teeth to actually feel thought-provoking about the class conflicts of today, which to most feel darker and more urgent than they may have for many Americans in the more prosperous bubble-like 90s. Frasier seems to have the potential to become a moderate crowd-pleaser, especially for fans hungry for more of their old favorite. I'm listening. But its charms are on the same level as many other reboots we've gotten used to in today's era, where we may keep watching because it's familiar, like a cozy old friend, not because it's that good on its own merits or because we're all that interested in what's going on in this world now. The early new episodes of Frasier rely a lot on the pleasure of bringing back this character and his extended world, including through callbacks to the other characters we loved. I don't know if, if you've ever dealt with a, a sibling with whom you have a very intense and competitive relationship. I am familiar with the dynamic. <laughs> Once we've had a whole season of this, will we be able to establish our new, sustained interest in Fraser's current life and replacement supporting cast? Cancelled reboots like How I Met Your Father and Gossip Girl prove to us that initial interest around recreating a past magic for our new era won't be enough if the writing and execution of the new show is too meh. On the other hand, Sex and the City reboot and Just Like That, which got renewed for a season 3 despite faltering in many ways creatively, has also shown that enduring love for characters we get to see resurrected can retain audiences even through revival growing pains. There's something heartwarming about just seeing Frasier again, and through him, receiving reminders of the other characters, as if they've all just been going on in the world all this time. It's that nostalgia that makes any reboot of a great original show so appealing. Should it have been made? Honestly, from the perspective of the creative legacy of the show, no. But it can extend the life of Frasier to younger viewers, and of course provide some entertainment in the meantime. If it inspires more audience members to revisit the original show and keep that alive, then that alone makes it worth it. Well, as some illustrious person once said, popularity is the hallmark of mediocrity. You just made that up, didn't you? Yes, but I stand by it. If you're a fan of the original Frasier, what video would you like to see us do about the show? Let us know in the comments. That's the take. Click here to watch the video we think you'll love, or here to check out a whole playlist of awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications.